Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And we are back on our bullshit. I think we should title this episode Back on Our Bullshit Reddit Poems. Back on Our Bullshit Reddit Part 2. Is it Part 2 or is it Part 3? So we have done um, two original poetry episodes so far, but one has been specifically listener poetry. One has been specifically Reddit original poetry from the Reddit original poetry subreddit, OC poetry. And this week we're combining them into like a super conglomerate of all the original poems. Every original poem that's ever been written, including the ones that are published, is going to be in this episode. It is 75 years long. I think it would be longer than 75 years. It's actually just an episode of Cerebro. Because isn't like Paradise Lost is a poem, right? Paradise Lost is a poem. Gross. Fuck Milton. (laughs) Both the city and, you know. But we've already covered that, so we could probably cut that one. I guess. Yeah, so we're back on our poem bullshit, and we're going to be looking at poems and stuff, and it's going to be fun, and yep. Yep, I'm excited. The energy's through the roof. The energy is popping in here it is basically a rave i can't believe the little setup you've got with the like flashing neon lights and yeah, the, yeah. like the black light is very cool in your yeah. place right now clearly it's uh there's no big light open here that was so french i uh i had sad girl dumplings what is a sad girl dumpling so it's when you're a sad girl and then well you could be a sad girl and not actually be a girl that's just the title yeah it's like how you can be a little guy and be neither little nor a guy yeah, sure. Like, June's just a little guy. Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, so I had sad girl dumplings, which are just dumplings you eat when you're sad. Oh, okay. it is nighttime at 4 p.m. and my brain's like, I don't like this. Mm, yeah. And they were soup dumplings from TNT. And they pulled their weight. And now I am no longer sad girl. I am just girl, which, you know, is inherently sad. Just regular girl. Okay, so um, this comes out on December 15th. Winter Solstice is on December 21st. So by the time this comes out, it will be six days until the shortest day of the year, which means by our next episode, the days are steadily getting longer yeah for the rest of winter yeah so it's up 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 there's no way but up from here shania twain what are we talking about today um poems right yes so we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into (laughs) poems so the first poem is bees are cool it is our only ode of the episode i have brought you an ode are you excited amy odes are written about dead things Yes and no. This one's called an ode to Schrodinger's cat. I love it. I just need you to acknowledge I made a really funny joke. I thought this was about bees. Bees are cool as the author. Oh, agreed. The author is just a general animal lover, a lover of all fuzzy little guys. The energy today is just bumping. (laughs) Oh, it's buzzing in here. Like bees. But yes. Okay. Sometimes. Can you can you laugh at the joke? It's like I, such a good joke. It was a great <laughs> joke, and I really set you up for it. You really, really did. But then I got confused. <laughs> okay. So um, here's the poem. I'm going to read it. It's tight in here and cold. I hope they open up soon. It's the not knowing that's killing me most. I'm half dead, they said. Half alive, too. Half a life. Is that supposed to be a comfort? I wonder which half is the dead half. I hope it's the left. That eye doesn't work as well as it used to. Does that mean when I dream, it's only half a dream? Or is it two? Do both halves get a dream each? A fearful cat dreaming of death while its ghost dreams of a life now taken. Do ghosts even dream? I must be half thinking right now, only half a mind left. That would explain it. 
I just wish I hadn't kept the half of my mind that dwells on what happens when that lid lifts. Of course, ghosts don't dream. All I know is, there's a tiny dot somewhere whose fate decides mine. Do you think I could persuade it to let me live? Smaller than a human, yes. But meows are effective. And then there's head rubs. They always work. Maybe I kill it by living. Are our fates forever intertwined by a man playing god in a lab coat? Maybe it's plotting too, desperate to convince me to let it live. I wonder what seduction techniques a quantum particle has up its sleeves. They can't be very good. I wonder why they're taking so long to look inside. The result's the same. One dead kitty, or not. But I've never been an optimist. I guess they're fighting about abstracts. Is it new universes? Excited scientists are creative, I'll admit. But it's me in the box, not them. And this is the only universe I know, and I don't feel very excited. Justice for Schrodinger's cat. Okay, so I went on to this subreddit just to pop my head in. Full disclosure, this is the first poem I saw on there. And this is the whole reason we're doing this episode right now. I love this poem. It is when art meets science. Yeah. Which is not philosophy for anybody who thinks that it is. That's just a philosophy's mindset. And we don't agree with those. (laughs) One thing that you don't get in the out loud reading is when when my voice gets slightly quieter, maybe those are like parents medical asides so Mm. do ghosts even dream of course ghosts don't dream and then after what thoughts does the particle have up its sleeve they can't be good those are all in parentheses like the other thought the other half yo that's so good that's actually something i had not thought of and i like that a lot to me it feels like a like a little whispered secret in the middle of the poem you know yeah i don't know how much you know about quantum physics a slim amount because it gives me the heebie-jeebies exactly i had a coworker who used to try and tell me about quantum physics and i was like i need you to stop because I will have an existential crisis about this right now in front of you. So the small dot, there's like a few stanzas about the small dot before we get into this is a quantum particle. And I don't know exactly what a quantum particle does, but to my understanding, the author of this said that she also doesn't know that much about science. Solidarity. And also, it's a cat talking. Cats don't know that much about science either. So like the small dot went over my head, but I like that the small dot is in there as that word because it feels ambiguous enough that it could mean different things to different people like a small dot on a map if you have a map of like people Mm -hmm. a small dot is a life so i like that she gradually teases out that it's a particle there's a tiny dot somewhere whose fate decides mine that could be like the scientist in the lab coat you know the man playing god in a lab coat Mm, right or like maybe the cat is perceiving the like vial of poison as like a small dot as well. Yeah, so I just assumed that people know what Schrodinger's cat is, but we should probably explain in case anyone doesn't know physics jokes or watch the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Um, Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment by this scientist named Schrodinger where you put a cat in a box with a vial of poison that is on a random timer that's set to break open at any time. And until you open the box, you can think of the cat as both alive and dead. And I think the thought experiment was made up to make fun of quantum physicists. Let me get there. 
I got you, girl. I'm cooking. <laughs> Let her cook. It's a paradox of quantum superposition. So I think, yeah, I, is it a thought experiment to actually tease out what a paradox means? Or is it a paradox made up as a joke? Oh, sorry. It's not a vial of poison. It's a random subatomic event that may or may not occur. It was devised by Schrodinger in a discussion with Einstein to illustrate what Schrodinger saw as the problems of the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. Oh, so it's like to point out flaws in physics thinking, basically. Right. We're English majors. And it is a flask of poison. So there's a cat, a flask of poison, and a radioactive source. A radioactive. This is too much. They're doing too much. I, this is the problem with scientists, okay? Just, if you give this problem to an English major, it's just a flask of poison, and it's set to open at any time. See? explained it's already done you don't need subatomic events you don't need radioactive sources ridiculous if i keep reading this i'm gonna have a panic attack on air so we're not gonna yeah save that for the later one that i picked great thriving <laughs> i love that it's from the perspective of the cat i especially love that it's from the perspective of a theoretical cat from a theoretical problem posed to point out a stupid theory i like that it's a cat i would call itself kitty yeah one dead kitty or not but i've never been an optimist i think there's quite the childlike wonder here coupled with the like teenage angst of existentialism there's a song from the weaker thans called a plea from a cat named virtue which is uh, about the cat of a depressed man pleading with him to recover and spend time with the cat and the cat in that as a speaker is quite cynical and this cat gives me virtue vibes he's like i've never been an optimist of course ghost don't dream. I wish that the half that they kept was the half that doesn't dwell on what happens when the lid opens. Like this cat is not like, oh, there's a butterfly over there. Let's jump in the grass. You know, this is not a Cali cat. But like which half is saying all of those things? Is it the parentheses or the other one? I love that you've done this thing with the parentheses. Most of the poem is not in parentheses, if that answers your question. Okay. I really like what she's done with like the half thing, like the half as a theme where the problem posits like the cat is both alive and dead this cat is interpreting that as half alive half dead yeah and i really like the theme of halves that flows through not all of the poem but the first half Mm. I think that's really clever. That is very clever. I like it. I think this person should work on getting it published. I would love if this got published. Likes bees? Bees are cool. Bees are cool. I think this could easily be published in a magazine should you want to pursue that. Yeah. Oh, I just noticed something else mm. where I said that the small dot that is actually the particle is what it's intended to be, but the small dot could be like a dot of a life on a map. Yeah. I just noticed the cat says maybe it's plotting too, and you can plot a dot on a map. That's very clever. I don't know if that's intentional, but that's my reading. And we live by the every reading is a reading for sure <laughs> motto here. <laughs> you don't want to say death of the author? Well, no, because the author is going to listen to that. Uh, maybe instead, instead, we, instead of death of the author, it's um, obsolescence of the author. <laughs> I like uh, I like befriend over here. I love our befriend. Thank you, befriend. We would befriend you. Ha! Yes, that's good. <laughs> if you have more of these, let us know. We'll gladly pick another science 
Pavlov's dog? Have at it. Take a stab. Do you think Pavlov thinks of feeding his dogs every time he hears a bell ring? Yes. <laughs> Lives next to a church. His dog's real fat. Oh, no. But also, the fact that it's an ode. Yes. Ugh, yes. Amazing. Yes. The fact that it's an ode and the fact that the ode allowed me to make that joke because you set me up for it because it was an ode is mwah, like chef's absolute kiss. Thank Canada you so 10. much. Yes, chef. So the next one is, I don't think it's any like named poem structure. Cool. We'd later have some sonnets, but I think this one's just like a, a modern structure. You call that a free verse? A free, no, because free verse doesn't rhyme in this one. Free verse can rhyme. I will let you know when we start reading it <laughs> because I cannot see my site right now. Who is this from? This one is called Bind Me by Marvelous Loki on Reddit. Cool. Ready? Yeah. Let my mind dance among the margins, free to float from page to page at its own discretion. May my whims glide along these cursive lines, effortlessly switching from thought to thought, weighed down no more. Have my vivid dreams become pictures inspired by these markings, left to be found by those that look, shared at last. Imbue my silent screams within that line that rests above the dot, at last serving their true purpose, unheard no more. Attach my wandering shadow to mix among the ink, now to remain as I have lived, hidden in plain sight. Keep my tears to serve as the watermark. Remnants of self etched throughout, permanent at last. Have my soul to stitch these pages together in a tightly bound cover. Place it in its rightful place on the shelf amongst friends. I like it. I don't know what it is. But I love poems that write about writing. That's the meta of it all. Welcome to my brain. It is the meta of it all. <laughs> and I like the kind of double meaning of the title because Bind Me sounds like it's going to be more of like a sensual poem. Sure. And it's about a book. Yeah. I love poems that conflate souls with books. Yes. Like we're all our own books. Are we all the main characters in our own books? Not every day. <laughs> Sometimes it's more like a Cassandra Clare novel. <laughs> <laughs> this book has an ensemble cast. Yeah. Who do you think this is from the perspective of? I don't know. Because like you could say that it's from the perspective of the author of the book, like let my mind dance among the margins. Sure. Or of the book itself. That's what I was thinking. Remnants of self etched throughout permanent at last. Have my soul to stitch these pages together. So it could be like the author's voice, like the author's putting themselves into the book. Or it could be, yeah, I was thinking what you said, like it's from the perspective of the book, of the story, of the thoughts. I like that idea. I love the way that they play with punctuation oh the line that says imbue my silent screams within that line that rests above the dot that's a line about an exclamation point it's got to end on an exclamation point it does it's very good 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 i like that that is quite fun yeah keep my tears to serve as the watermark is also a gorgeous line it really is i think there's there's a lot to be said here about like how vivid the images are mm -hmm. like i know they talk about vivid images in the poem but also like the image images are vivid as well yeah have my vivid dreams become pictures yeah inspired by these markings that's absolutely what that is but also like the feeling is so strong like my whims glide my vivid dreams become pictures my silent screams my wandering shadow my tears like you can 
feel how strongly whoever or whatever is speaking to us through this book feels and like how much of themselves itself it put into this thing that is going to be out into the world read by people and then place it in its rightful place on the shelf amongst friends just ends on like such a nice cozy note i think this poem reminds me of the line um we're all stories in the end what is that from i have no idea my guess is doctor who but i might be wrong let's find out could also be shakespeare (laughs) i doubt it it's Doctor Who. It's from the Matt Smith one. Ooh. We are all stories in the end. Just make it a good one, eh? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So both of these have hit me right in the heart. Yeah. Um, which I really like. So good job, Marvelous Loki. You are indeed marvelous. And if you like Marvel and Loki, try Doctor Who. <laughs> that could have gone anywhere. I did not know where you were going with that. <laughs> okay. I have another poem. That's what I'm here for. All right. We'll hit you with it. And yes, you were right. That was a free verse. So this one is by James Russell, and it is called Shudder. Hers is the gentlest touch, all of fingertips drawn through whispers, breathed out and taken in so tenderly across this wanting heart. Distant glow, ethereal and beyond, or almost there. Soon, she says, soon. Oh, starlight, take me with you, for I shudder at the world, to think of the world, to know the world, but then to look at her, finding solace only in her warmth, or the way I lose myself in her eyes. Yes, I shudder at the world, knowing everything in it that is true and good and right could only ever be within her. She smiles. Though day breaks in her eyes and rain falls on her cheeks, she smiles. Hers is the gentlest touch, and I know I love her. That's very sweet. It's so sweet and lovely and just good and pure. And oh my gosh, I I love it so much. It's very, very sweet. I really like the way that the lines at the beginning are so short, like kind of staccato, but they flow so nicely together. So it's kind of like just the simplicity of spending time with someone where you're not really thinking you're just kind of feeling yeah and the ease of it also Mm-hmm. i like it there's not like i don't want to say there's not much to say about it because the imagery is beautiful and like the way it's written is beautiful but like it is just really sweet you know yeah like <laughs> i don't want to pick it apart because it's just lovely i want to give you a sense of the stanza structure okay. because that doesn't really come across as much in spoken reading of the poem but it seems like there is a theme kind of in each stanza so it starts with gentlest touch fingertips drawing through whispers breathed out taken in so tenderly across this wanting heart across this wanting heart is by the way Amazing. A stunning turn of phrase. Like, pump that into my veins. So that one's more about, like, the physical kinesthetic of it all, where it's, like, the touching and the breathing. But it's not sexual. It's just very, like, innocent. Yeah. It's not too intimate. It's not too intimate. (laughs) So the next one is where we get distant glow ethereal and beyond or almost there. Soon she says, soon, oh, starlight, take me with you. So that one is more about, like, kind of the whimsy and the part of it that you can't reach, the part that you can't touch, like starlight. The ephemeral of it all. The eph- ephemeral of the ethereal of it all. Yeah. Ephemeral? Yeah. Ephemeral. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I believe what you're saying is a, cool. is a word. I just cannot say it. That's okay. <laughs> Story of my life. And then it gets into kind of, it gets a little bit dark, I would say, to 
like it's nice but in kind of like a codependent way you know yeah where it's like not wanting to interact with the rest of the world because all that is good is in her it seems very like a sad girl being saved (laughs) (laughs) me with my dumplings earlier it watered my mouth This poem is about sad girl dumplings. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> it's just sweet. It's just it's a sweet, sweet little guy. Sweet little guy. Sweet little guy of a poem. So yeah, that was that one. And so far, we we are all just uh, punching me right in the heart with poetry, um, which is what we came here for. So. I mean, I would also really like just love like to be thought about and written about that way. I think that's... I know. It's fine. My husband didn't open his vows with, I'm not a man of many words. Poignant pause did he yeah <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> like close the vow book okay and i'm like i know there's more <laughs> that's so funny it was funny because we didn't have anybody else around us you know yeah i love when a wedding has a laugh track you know yeah this one is by mayora and it's called 60 minutes with you and we've got a little string of love poems here so just get ready to have like a lot of sweet okay I could never be silent for 60 minutes unless those 60 minutes were with you. Listening to every word that you somehow sing and each laugh that vibrates like a breath of spring. But if you were to be silent too, there are still a million ways I'd find love in you. Like the etchings you would draw with your fingertips on my palm. Every trace sketched a story would unfold. In silence, every emotion deliberately told. I see love when I lay my head on your chest and my legs entangled with yours. Hoping time stands still and you see the same open doors. I find love in the way I choose your favorite scents in all my soaps, lotions, and perfumes. To give you pleasure with every breath of me you'd consume. Your eyes light up, a secret shared. I'll find love in every blink, glance, and even glare. If 60 minutes were all we could spend, I'd be silent for each minute I could extend, remembering you in every vibrant hue, just hoping you'd think of me in the same details too. Girl, that is stunning. It slaps, I think is the word I need for that. I would venture to say that it's based. Mm, Yeah, we're not, we're too old for that. (laughs) I would venture to say that it's dope. That we are old enough to say. I would venture to say that it's nifty. Groovy. I would venture to say groovy as well. Shout out to my work bestie who does not listen. <laughs> she's a Gen Z and she says groovy, like unironically. Oh, come on. Oh, she's so sweet. Come on, man. <laughs> I just, my emotional support, Gen Z. This is my emotional support child. She's fantastic. <laughs> no, like, it's just so sweet. It's just so cute, you know? Like, put it in a cup and I will drink it. It's very self-sacrificing though. Like, it's quite like giving so much of you for the other person. Like, she'll stay quiet to hear them speak and she'll buy... I say she, she might not be a she. Well, the I assume that the speaker of the poem is a she because the writer of the poem is a she, but that is probably a presumption. But I think that's safe to say. For the sake of my explanation, so, like you know, she buys lotions and perfumes so that, like, you know, the other person gets enjoyment and i feel like there's a lot of like i don't want to say people pleasing but there's a lot of people pleasing going on i think that's kind of what love is though like love is you want to make the other person happy so you go out of your way to 
find little things in your day that you can do to make them happy. Like you are going to go on a date with them. You know that they like this dress. You wear that dress on the date, you know? So they can take it off. I don't think it's like unhealthily codependent. I think it's just... No, I think it's interesting that we don't get the other side though. Like we don't get what they do for them. Like Mm. that kind of like extreme longing for love that you will like just do whatever you can to get any glimmer of it it's like a yearning yeah yearning is the word i'm looking for mm-hmm. it's very yearnful is that a word um we can make it a word cool i don't really know the context of the relationship of this speaker and the person they're speaking about because it seems like they do spend time with the object of their affection mm-hmm. like she is laying her head on their chest she is entangling her legs with theirs yeah she is buying lotions and soaps that she knows they will enjoy so like they are interacting it's not like a unrequited love type situation no but you can yearn for love in a relationship as well though yeah absolutely but also there's if 60 minutes were all we could spend so it's kind of like that fleetingness of love yeah there's this thing that I saw where someone was like, every once in a while, just imagine that when you kiss your significant other, that it's the last time you're going to kiss them. Oh man, I have that fear every day. I have anxiety. Okay. (laughs) I will not go into further detail about that, but it gives me- Like every single day. It gives me that vibe of like, what if we didn't have much more time together? Like, what if this is all we have? I want to treasure and cherish every single moment that I'm spending with you. And that's why I'm being silent so I can like memorize your face so I can like study your movements so I can remember every action and then not knowing what they're thinking, just hoping you think of me in the same details too. We very much do only get this speaker's perspective. Yeah, there's a song by my top Spotify artist of the year, uh, Noah Khan, called If We Were Vampires. Mm -hmm. And it's about how much like attention to love you need to put in because we are finite as people Mm. anyways it sent me into like a huge panic attack the first time i heard it but it's one of my favorite songs yeah that sounds like it's not ideal for you nope and then i played it to sam and he was like that's cute and i was like why are you not emotionally wrecked (laughs) so i am looking at the order of the poems that i put these in and i forgot to give you my content warning before i read this Um, I'm going to give it to you now. I'm going to give you the option if you want to listen to it or if you want to put your headphones down, go somewhere else, and then I can text you when I'm done reading it because this one is called The Dead Are Lucky. Okay, that's fine. How about it? Okay, so the death fears are, they're happening. It's fine. This one is by Peyton. The dead are lucky for they know what is to come. As I lay waste this short time and all the matters succumb, I live this life of fear and strife, for life feels too brief, but the dead are lucky to feel the everlasting sense of relief. I live on in this bastard time sphere, where unfortunate people are mortal, but the dead are lucky, for their memories are eternal. The dead are lucky, for they know what is to come, but death should not be feared, for an unspent life itself is numb. So I will do a solo analysis of this poem because um, we are not gonna be sitting here triggering Amy. I really like this poem because it gives me the vibe of the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, of like the fear of the speaker is not death, but it is like wasting life. Yeah. There's that line in 
the love song of jr for proof rock by t.s Eliot, which we've talked about yes where it's i have seen my head grow slightly bald brought in upon a platter i am no prophet and tis no great matter i have seen the moment of my greatness flicker i have seen the eternal footman hold my coat and snicker and in short i was afraid and the whole poem is basically about like him kind of being indecisive and it feels like he is afraid of a, a life spent unlived. Mm. And that is exactly what this poem is getting at uh, in more clear terms. Good. I'm sorry, Peyton. I am triggered. Okay. Also, ghosts are cool. Yeah. Little <laughs> so thank you, Peyton. I really like that poem. And Amy would probably enjoy it more during the summer. Yeah. I have now an anonymous poem called Syrup. I came to you when you were cold and calm, maple tree. I reached into your core and said, you're going to give me all you have. As you grew warm and wild, you remembered my words, and you dripped down my fingers, sticky sweet, pooling in my hands and my mouth and my belly. I asked you, did it hurt? You said for you, I would do the same a million times over. So Amy, you are our resident Northern Canadian expert. How, how did you feel about that very peak Canadian poem? So you know how I'm French Canadian? <laughs> what yeah and like maple syrup is like a big export in like canada mm -hmm. and maple syrup is the most counterfeited item in canada because our money's too silly to counterfeit <laughs> so i think there's something to be said here about transactional relationships oh okay i love where you're going with this so you know how the tree's all like standing tall and proud and whatever and then one of the person's like hey i have all of these things and i'm taking them from you and thank you and then the tree's like yeah that's cool i would do it again mm -hmm. like there's the transaction there of like the taking away and the tree not really getting anything back from it sure yeah you're going to give me all you have yeah and i would do the same for you a million times over it's giving very giving tree yeah and i think about you know how much and I, i'm saying this and like knowing how colonial this is how much of like french canadian culture is based around this commodity that we have extracted and keep extracting yeah and how we're taking as much as we can but the trees are still going to be there and they're still going to be doing their thing because we manage them as a fort of maples mm -hmm. anyways i'm allergic to maples are you actually yeah ma maples and birch oh like are you allergic to maple syrup can you no eat? it's just the pollen it's why i'm, I'm allergic to peppers because it's a cross-pollination thing with birch oh Oh, interesting. I really enjoy the comments on this poem because every single person who commented had a different interpretation. This is from the subreddit as well. This person said that they liked the implied comparison between a maple tree and the person this poem might be about. And yeah. also they think that the writer could do more with the concept. But that one is like, this tree is a person. Then there's one who's like, this is a poem about a tale of sacrifice by nature. Yeah. Where like the tree is a tree. Yeah, kind of like the whole economy of maple syrup thing I was going with. It's really interesting because you had an interpretation where the tree is a tree, but this person had an interpretation where the tree is a tree, but like the opposite of you, because you're like, we're taking from the tree and not giving anything back. Mm. This person is like, it's a sacrifice by nature and it's showing the goodness in nature and the tree is giving something mm. and not expecting anything back. So I think that's an interesting way to interpret it two different ways from the same. The symbol is what it is. Yeah. It's a symbol for a tree. Then this person said, this reminds me of my mother for some reason. 
season. The giving tree. Yeah, that's very giving tree vibes where like, I guess any interaction you have with any person, if it's not reciprocal, if you don't feel like either you're giving enough back or they're not expecting enough back or accepting enough back, I think it could feel like that. It's giving unconditional love. It is giving unconditional love, isn't it? Yeah. It's also, I don't know if the first person who said this is about a person meant this. It's like very sexual. Yeah, because syrup is sticky. Yeah, pooling in my hands and my mouth and my belly, dripping down my fingers, sticky sweet. Like, whoops. It's giving cards against humanity syrupy sex with a maple tree. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. This next one is from James Teller of the If You Want the Gravy blog, who we are friends with on Twitter and also on the Words About Books Discord. Cool. Hello. I don't participate in that kind of stuff. Ch- Chantel is our spokesperson everywhere. Chantel is our spokesperson, but um, Chantel has been having a time lately, so has mostly disappeared from the onlines. And I've not picked up the slack. You know what? It's okay, because sometimes we can talk to our friends through our podcast, and then we can listen to see if they talk about us on their podcast and that's how we talk to each other gucci gucci made this is a much healthier parasocial relationship than i have with like my spotify <laughs> top podcaster where i am in the 0.005 percent of her listeners that's insane and it's like a fairly like it's on iHeartRadio. it's like a big network podcast but we're a traitor to the indie podcast community i hope you know this i right know now. i'm so sorry <laughs> it's fine though because like Anarchy. The podcast is about cool anarchists and stuff. Mm, I'm rebelling <laughs> by following the capitalist mainstream. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I I listen to her when I go to bed, like to fall asleep, and I talk about her and like the antics of the podcast to Sam, like she's somebody I know. <laughs> And like they say hi to their like audio engineer every episode. So like there are uh-huh. times it sounds like you have been like sound asleep and I just hear you go hi Ian. <laughs> In your sleep you just say hi Ian. And I'm like well Margaret tells me to say hi. Hi Ian. That's hilarious. June heard the name Ian and her ears perked up like I know Ian. Ian, our friend, our parasocial friend. Yeah. No, we have like actual friendships yeah. with actual podcasters. Yeah. And <laughs> that's how we talk to each other. So yeah, James Teller is a person that we have talked to. And I would like to read this sonnet from him. I see against distant clouds the dim red edge that through the twilight sky a rainbow arcs. A scarlet glow become a narrow ledge, a mantelpiece to hold my kind remarks. And kind they are, this beauty brief to grasp, as brief to us as our lives to the stars. Though time and rainbows must evade our clasp, unhemmed by this too solid world of ours, this solid each will be obliged to leave. And if the spirit lives, I know not where, but in the hearts of them that mourn and grieve, a sanctum for their memories prepare. Their soul to keep, their legacy to hold, is more than any rainbow's pot of gold. That's very nice. That's snapping. Yeah, I really like that. We know I like rainbows as imagery. <laughs> that most is a given. <laughs> I like the callback to the, the My Precious Moments little lamb things from when we were kids with the like my soul to keep thing. Isn't that like a pretty common Christian prayer? I don't know. I'm Catholic. While I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Yeah. I think is a like children's prayer, which is pretty messed up. Yeah, I had it in like a lamb that 
played it when you squeezed it, which is fucking terrifying when I fell asleep and I would roll onto it. I think I had it in a bear that played it when you squeezed it. Yeah, it was a common... Why are we giving the if I die before I wake thing to kids? I don't know. I think it's a big source of my anxiety. I think that's where your fear of death comes from. Yeah, I went through like a whole phase where like my mom had to say a specific sentence to me before I went to bed because I needed to hear that last in case one of us died. It was a whole thing. This poem's nice. (laughs) (laughs) This poem's very nice. I love the way that it uses the like natural imagery to talk about like the the kind of like ungraspableness of feelings but then like the way that the world is solid memories are solid and we hold a legacy like it's solid like beauty is brief to grasp rainbows evade our clasp but we can hold the legacy like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow yeah so it's almost like in this poem the memory of a person is more solid than the person themselves which i think is a really interesting flip of the script i think that happens a lot in like deaths when you're young kind of thing when like your memory's not mm-hmm. as concrete so you remember a lot more the morning of the person than the actual person themselves that's really interesting that's an interesting take not an interesting take it's my lived reality <laughs> yes it is i also think it's a really interesting thing to do that it's a sonnet but it's not like a love sonnet you know yeah i agree but i mean it kind of is but is isn't you know what is what is grief if not love persevering oh my god <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Um, Yeah, no, you're right. It is about like the love of any person for any other person, be they like family or friends or partner. I think it's really beautiful. And I'm sorry, Amy, that there's so many poems that talk about death. It's okay. When are we recording with Glenn? Um, I need to email him. Okay. Speaking of Glenn, this poem is another sonnet. Okay. From Gertie Nuzzles of Nuzzle House. Amazing. I love it when we think we're going to be talking about Glenn, but really we're talking about Gertie. That's my favorite part. (laughs) Sorry, Glenn. (laughs) I reached out to them to kind of redo their vows because Glenn sent in his vows which were a poem which were very adorable and Gertie wrote back with this really beautiful sonnet and kind of both Glenn and I thought that she was gonna do like a jokey thing but it's like super sweet and adorable and I love podcasting's first married couple we stand we stand all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it this is Gertie's vows I give myself to you as I am now. Though I may be the best version of me, my sense of humor ne'er will be highbrow. Still laughter I can always guarantee. And when you need a safe and calm retreat, I will be there to offer love's caress. We'll navigate the bleak and bittersweet, for as so long a friendship we possess. I do not offer hollow platitude. Your sweetness deserves more authentic praise. My admiration notwithstanding mood, in me you will find partnership always. If marriage were a promise, it would be an understatement of my vow to thee. Don't you just want to bottle her up? I'm going to cry. <laughs> I just want to bottle her up and keep I her know. in my pocket in like a consensual way. I want to bottle her up like some Franzia. They were drinking Franzia on one of their more recent episodes. I believe it. I don't know what that tastes like. She's so sweet. Apparently it tastes terrible. <laughs> I believe that. I just love how she says your sweetness deserves more authentic praise, but I love 
love how authentic this poem is. Yeah. I love like how it's just so them, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I can I can see that you will always guarantee laughter. I can see that you offer a safe and calm retreat. It's like very, very lovely and sweet and partnership and friendship. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's very based. <laughs> it's very based. Are we not too old for that anymore? Glenn says it all the time. We got younger in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. This is the Tuck Everlasting episode. Oh this God. is the Benjamin Button episode. Tuck Everlasting. Sometimes I forget that book movie exists and then I think about it again and I'm just like hit by a wave of, oh my God. It's brutal. Yeah. It is true. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sending that in. I have another poem. It's another sonnet. This is our final poem of the episode. Okay. And this one is from friend of the pod, Jamie. Cool. And this one is called Footloose Sonnet from a Possibly Cracking Egg. And if tomorrow I woke up a girl, would I still feel awkward in my body? Would I hate the way my hair won't curl? Would I feel like all my clothes are shoddy? Would I ever wonder about the trans life if I were made in a more femme figure? If I had never lived a man's life with a hairy chest and my shoulders bigger? My face isn't smooth when I'm bearded out. I don't know how to apply my makeup. Won't my friends and relatives be weirded out? Will I ever be happy with the space I take up? And while I question what it means to really be me, you're always with me because you really see me. It's so beautiful. So she sent this poem in. It was going to be anonymous and she has since come out. And I'm really happy that you found your community and people who accept you and support you for exactly who you are. And I really appreciate you sharing your journey with us and letting us read about it on the show. And that's a really lovely poem. Yeah, so for your hair curling, let me tell you a secret. So I am a straight hair girly, can't fucking hold a curl. Like I have a lot of hair, but it's thin. Hairspray, just gonna bring you down. Don't even bother with it. What you want is a texturizing spray. I think mine is by Design Me. It's a pink bottle. I bought the travel size. I use it on my wedding days because there were more than one. It is a godsend for my hair that used to be flat the second I stepped foot outside the house. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Is it sea salt based? I don't know. Because I heard sea salt spray is also really good for like texturizing and getting your hair to kind of hold. Perhaps. It smells divine. <laughs> but yeah, that's the trick to that and i just learned how to do makeup from millie's myers so oh sweet i don't think there's anything else to say i am just happy that you are happy being you ditto ditto so that's pretty much it for us this week this was a really long episode but we had a lot of fun i just love when you guys share your writing with us it makes me cry so much better than the bullshit that we deal with every week it really is it really is and to the reddit people who i reached out to if you're still around thank you for letting us share your poems as well they are all stunning and that is why i chose them to bring to amy to nom 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 them up nom 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 <laughs> i'm sure that's gonna get a repeat listener for sure if you would like to submit more poetry to us i'm sure we'll do another one of these eventually we are at unsighted pod on twitter instagram and threads you can also just reach out to us to talk to us about anything we're around we're there even though we've kind of have disappeared we love to hear from you do you have a clean language actually yes i do oh, okay. <gasps> oh, i have a clean language all right give us your clean language okay so i don't go thrifting ever i'm not a thrifty girl because i don't like bugs but <laughs> 
we have exactly three cereal bowls and they're not cutting it. Because if Sam has Cheerios in the morning and I have lunch, then we have one bowl. So that's a lot of dishes that we have to do in a day because sure. we don't have a dishwasher. So I was like, fuck it. We're going to go see if we can get some cool bowls from the thrift shop. We're just going to knock our shoes before we put them in the car. Thrift shop. The last time I went to thrift shop, I found my favorite mug. It has whales on it. I love it. That's great. This time we were about to leave. I was like, I'm not finding anything I like. I do one last pass through because I'm like, I'm not going to find a full set. I might as well check to see if there's like four bowls. And then I find like these spaghetti plates, you know, like plates that are have like the walls. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. The famous pasta plates. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, a spaghetti plate. Cool. I it's like a it's like a spork, but like for a plate in a bowl. Correct. I pick it up. I turn it over because when you're looking at, you know, plates and stuff, you always turn it over to see where it's from. Uh huh. Le Creuset. What does that mean? What are you what are you saying? To Do me? you know the Dutch ovens? Uh huh. Like the fancy French Dutch ovens that are like $400. Well, they should be called French ovens if they're French yeah, Dutch yeah. ovens. But what, where's the, the Dutch coming? They're called cookouts in French. So they also make plates. A set of four new goes for $140. Oh my God. I love when rich people just Marie Kondo their house. Yeah. So I go, holy shit. And then I put it back. And then Sam comes over and I hand it to him like upside down so he can see what it is. And he goes, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then it's a, so there's four spaghetti bowls, three salad plates, because I'm guessing one of them broke at some point. Mm, yeah, that's probably why they got rid of it. Correct. And also it marks super easily. I'm really glad I paid $14 for all of them. Um, And then four plate plates. So the clean language here is when you get plates that have silverware marks on them like these do, because they're like a meringue color. Mm -hmm. Barkeeper's friend. What is barkeeper's friend? What does that mean? It's the cleaner agent that you put on and you scrub a dub a dub and then your plates look like brand new. Oh, interesting. Is that like safe to use on things you're going to eat off of? Yeah. The Le Creuset website recommends their cleaner or barkeeper's friend. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Clean language. Clean language with Amy. And that language was so clean. Like your plates. And that's it. That's it for us. Definitely nothing is happening after. Don't worry about it. We hope to see you in two weeks. And as always, we're excited and available. Or is this really the end? Um, welcome back, folks. So uh, <laughs> Chantel and I are up on our bullshit and we were chatting as you do with friends uh, last week and we were talking about poetry and how funny it is <laughs> that like poems exist. And then we're like, imagine like rewriting a like sonnet and then <laughs> passing it off as something else. And then I was like, yeah, why don't we do that? So then we did. So I guess this is not going to be anonymous, even though it says fucking in it. It's fine. Okay. So um, I think we were drinking wine. Oh, I was sober. You know how you have a nice little catch up chat with your friend for the first time in a few months when you're not recording a podcast, and then you rewrite My Mistress's Eyes Are Nothing <laughs> Like the Sun by Shakespeare? Because uh, yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> So this is Your Love is a Drug by Kesha by Anonymous by Amy and Chantel. <laughs> My mister's whiskers are nothing like the rum. Cognac is far more fruity than his booty. Why do you pronounce it cognac? <laughs> cognac is far more fruity it's than his booty. Cognac. Because it's, it's the Canadian way. Try again. Cognac is far more fruity than his booty. If snow be white, why then his kisses? are sweet. Amy's going to explain that line later. I didn't get it. If Mezcal be singing, my sire is a siren. 
I have seen wines damasked red and white, but no such rosé see I in his sclera. And in some... <laughs> and in some fungi is there more delight than in the mushrooms from my former era. I love to fuck him drunk. <laughs> yet while I know that sober moans are a far more pleasing sound, <laughs> I grant I never saw a whiskey dick grow. <laughs> What the fuck? I can't believe you wrote this. My mister, when he wakes, is cocked up and taunt. And yet, by morning, I think my lust is rare. As any high, without a crash of despair. I haven't read this since we wrote it. And I forgot half of it. And I am losing my mind. Okay, so some explanation, I guess. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Um, so... <laughs> Um, if snow be white, then why, why then his kisses are sweet? Cocaine, snow, smells sweet. Ask Amy why she knows what cocaine smells like. So my stepdad had a canine narcotics detection dog, and he had, like, cocaine smells for the dog. Not actual cocaine, just, like, cocaine smells. Focaine. You know, the, like, the little Christmas scratch and sniff? Fake cocaine. It's like a cocaine scratch and sniff. Correct. Wow, that, that would make money, Chantel. That's <laughs> That's my million dollar idea. Cut that, because that's our shark's nest idea. <laughs> what is it? Dragon's, Dragon's <laughs> den? I don't know. Um. So yeah, if snow be white, then why his kisses are sweet. What's mezcal? Is that an alcohol? Yeah, it's a tequila. If mez, Oh, if mezcal be singing, because when you have tequila, you sing. Correct. My sire is a siren. That's smart. Yeah. That's Oh, we're very clever. We're so clever. A scalera. Scalera is the white of your eye, which becomes red when you do drugs or drink too much. Brilliant. Yeah. And... The rest, I feel like, you know what? It's self-explanatory. Figure it out. Figure it out. You know what it means. Cocked up at dawn is so much fun. <laughs> like, cocked up at dawn, I think, is my second favorite line after my mister's whiskers. It's viscerally upsetting to me. I hope somebody gets cocked up at dawn, put on, like... <laughs> their stanley cup or something you needed less of a pause after i hope someone gets cocked up at dawn <laughs> you needed less of a pause after you said that but also yeah live your life yellow swag <laughs> cocked up at dawn. and then as any high without a crash of despair the high in crash imagery i think i think is some of our best work I would venture. I would say that is the best symbolism imagery literary device that we have in this poem. <laughs> this poem. <laughs> Your love. <laughs> Your love is a drug, my cat. <laughs> so we, so we wrote the first line. Let me, let me explain to y'all what happened. So we wrote the first line, and then which, which again is my mistress' whiskers are nothing like the rum. And they were like, okay, what's another alcohol? And then we were like, cognac. And then we were like, okay, you know what? We are we are going to run out of alcohol. So then we decided drugs. <laughs> oh my but we, God. we went for like, you know, not like super dangerous drugs. Anyways. Cocaine. Cocaine and mushrooms. It's not as bad as it could have mushrooms, been. Mushrooms, I feel like, are like well, like one of the chiller of the non-legalized drugs. And then we talked about consent. You know, we, we don't, you know, have sex with people when they are intoxicated. We wait until they're cocked up at dawn. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. I'm so upset about this poem. We wrote this poem. Are you upsetting your spaghetti plates? I'm so upsetting in my spaghetti plates. But I think, I think Shakespeare would be so happy. If Shakespeare was 
was alive today, Shakespeare would have written this. It would have been better. If Shakespeare was alive today, he would have heard Cocked Up at Dawn and like hated himself so much for not have written it. He would have guffawed. I would say Shakespeare would be a fan of this podcast. Ditto. We would be in Shakespeare's Spotify wrapped. We would. There we go. Yeah. That's a little peek behind the curtain at when this was recorded. Um... I don't really think we can leave. I think this is fun. So if you made it this far, holla, you're the real ones. Because you know there's always something funny after the last theme song. (laughs) (laughs) If you like this kind of like hot mess, let us know and we'll do another one. This is the hottest mess. All right. (laughs) Like Kesha in 2008. Yikes. Yikes. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)